Yes, us. Welcome to the Kefi Life Podcast. My name is Kiki Vale, and I'll be your guide to creating a life of Ola Kala, all is well. Together, we'll get back to the basics, and we'll explore fresh new ways to flourish in mind, body, and soul the Greek way. You can look forward to interviews, stories, essential self-care strategies, recipes, and actionable takeaway Ola Kala moments. This is going to be so much fun. Let's get going. Pame! Our Lexi for today is Grassi. Grassi or wine. You probably already know that, quite simply, grassi or wine is fermented grape juice. But did you know these fun facts about wine? Cleopatra's favorite wine is the ancient Greek grassi, Muscat of Alexandria, still made today. Chateau de Goulet, possibly the oldest operating winery, was built in the year 1000. In the year 1857, the first commercial winery operation in California in Sonoma called Buena Vista Winery was established. And as the year 2000, France is the oldest, largest producer of wine in the world. Italy is the second. Next time you're celebrating, raise your glass of grassi and share a yamas to our health with those at your table. Eleolado, olive oil, has been celebrated in the civilized world for millennia, nearly eternal. The oil of this fruit has been more than just food to the cultures of the Mediterranean region. It's been medicinal, ceremonial, sacramental, and the foundation of great wealth and power. It is safe to say that olive oil is the ethos, the essence of Greek culinary culture. Today, the priceless and life-giving ingredients of this liquid gold can be delivered to you when you purchase your premium bottle of Kefi Life Extra Virgin Olive Oil from the region my parents were born, the Peloponnese. The coveted Koroneki olive is extensively cultivated here in the southern part of Greece, which offers the unique microclimate needed to grow a fruit netting the utmost nutrient value for extra virgin olive oil. Kefi Life Extra Virgin Olive Oil, a boundless amount of value, high in antioxidants with anti-inflammatory properties linked to good mood and improved mental health. Get your bottle of wellness today when you visit kefilife.shop. Welcome to the Kefi Life podcast. I'm so excited to introduce to all of you a uniquely gifted and educated guest today who is here to share insight to the beauty of wine and its contribution to celebration, health, and the dinner table. I would like to now welcome uh, Executive Wine Director Alex Sarovich of Little St. Healdsburg in California. She's an advanced sommelier through the Court of Master Sommeliers, which I have to mention this because it is one of the most difficult classes, I guess, or I'm not sure how to classify that, but it's very difficult to achieve this accomplishment. Welcome, Alex. Thank you so much, Kiki. It's so exciting to be here with you virtually today. And um, it, it was a really hard certification to achieve, and, and it's an honor to celebrate that with you today. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you, and congratulations, firstly. firstly. Thank you very much. And secondly, how difficult was it? Like when we say this is like one of the hardest and most difficult sommelier certifications to secure, what is so challenging about it? So what's challenging about it is the world of wine is so broad, and the exam covers all different regions. So unlike when you study in college and you're like, okay, I'm going to go in and I'm going to study accounting and you know that you're going to go directly in and studying tax, et cetera. Well, the 
the wine, this quartermaster sommelier's exam is covering this global view of wine. So you can you can't just be like a master at Greek wine or a master at Italian wine. Like you have to really dabble in each different wine growing region. And so it's more um, breadth than depth, but it's quite hard because you can easily, if you're like me, you can easily go down a rabbit hole um, in a region that you get really excited about and then, um, you know, not spend as much time on places that maybe are more challenging or that you don't connect with as much. So how many, I don't know if this is the correct way to say it, how many months, years, how long did you study for it? So I studied for the advanced, I passed my certified sommelier exam back in 20, gosh, um, that was back in 2013 or 14. So I think it was 2014. And then I didn't even take the exam for the advanced until 2019. And I passed it on my first guy go. So it took me about five years of studying. And, and that's a variety of like, traveling to different wine growing regions, tasting wines, like over a hundred wines a week, um, blind tasting with a, a, with a group, at least one group once a week where you're tasting between six and 10 different wines without knowing what they are to kind of figure them out because that is also part of the exam. It's not just like a written part portion. You have a timed blind tasting where you have six wines in front of you and you have to designate. Incredible, them. remarkable idea. Just don't even know how you do that. Speaking of which, how many wines have you tasted, do you think, in your lifetime? Gosh, that's a really good question. I would have to ballpark about 15,000 easily, 10 to 15,000. I taste probably, um, you know, 150 wines a week. There's 52 weeks in a year. So, yeah, that's that's 7,000 wines average a year and I've been in this industry for 10 years now so unbelievable so it's probably hard for me to say oh Alex what's your favorite wine but earlier in the green room you did say to me you said hey Kiki I think I have a favorite region so let's talk about your favorite region of wine so gosh it's hard because I love Sonoma County wines here we are in Sonoma County that's where Little Saint is based so I love Sonoma Coast Pinot Noir I also am a huge fan of Mendocino which is just the um, wine growing region north of Sonoma County and there there's also some incredible Pinot Noirs and Chardonnays and some some great sparkling wines being made up there but my all-time favorite I love French wine I really love white Burgundy, so Chardonnay, like from Burgundy, France, specifically from like Pelini Montrachet or a really great Premier or Grand Cru Chablis. Um, but bubbles are always the answer, and that's what I'm always struggling to uh, keep stocked in my fridge at home uh, because I can always find an excuse to bring out a bottle, whether it's a Tuesday with friends or to celebrate a special occasion. Champagne bubbles is always the answer. I adore that you always have on <laughs> hand some bubbly in the fridge and you always know, and i really always. think alex sarovich that we should celebrate life we should not wait for the milestone the anniversary the birthday let's pop it tonight because hey we had a great day at work exactly i just might i just might i've got a <laughs> bottle of stefan cuckett in that fridge waiting so Oh, my God. So we, my husband and I were in Paris, France in uh, 2013, 2013, and we went to wine country. It starts with an R. The, it wasn't Paris. It was somewhere in France. Mm-hmm. I can't think of it now. It's been a minute. But um, the whole experience, the culture of how the grapes are harvested and where they're grown, and then you get to see the process of 
the wine in in the um, where they store them in the vats, I guess you call it. Exactly. The barrels and the concrete tanks and the stainless steel, all of it. It's a whole culture in itself. So have you been to France or where have you been in the world? It's interesting. Oh my gosh. I've had the great honor of traveling to many wine growing regions in France. I went to last fall and I, I went to France in my first kind of foray into wine studying back in 2013. So the beautiful thing about France and in Europe in general is they just don't have the same like laws. So here in America, you go into wineries and everything is like squeaky clean and everything's up to code and you go in there and it's like, am I in a haunted house right now? Because there is mold <laughs> everywhere, spider webs. Um, and I truly think that like, cause you're going into these deep cellars and most of these cellars were built hundreds of years ago and they want to keep that natural, like, you know, like we talk about our health and, and the microbiome inside of our bodies. Like these wineries care so deeply about maintaining the yeast and the mold in their cellar walls, because that's what attributes to a healthy fermentation for their wines. And then also attributes to some of that, that, um, uniqueness in the glass even. There's something to say about clean wine, a clean wine. And so I don't know if it's a movement, but I do want to talk about the movement in alcoholic beverages. You you said earlier, you spoke about the non-alcoholic and also now we're talking about clean. Let's talk about those two um, ideas with wine and alcoholic beverages. Absolutely. So clean wine and natural wine, those are those are terms that are a bit like a moving target because it's not there's no guarantee that a wine that's called clean is, is there's no deciding factor on what is clean versus what is not. Some people even said that like, oh my gosh, they didn't wash the grapes before they make the wine. Well, no, actually, um, you really don't want to wash grapes before you put them into fermentation because the grapes, the skins on the exterior themselves, they have the, the yeast um, and anything, again, like going back to that, that microbiome, they've got specific uh, indicators of the land that they're growing off of on the exterior. And so you don't want to wash that off. And you also water down the wine when you're washing out because then there's no way to like dry the grapes afterwards before you ferment them. So then you're actually, you're losing some of that intensity and complexity within that. But when you go into clean wines, most of the time what people are talking about is additives because a bottle of wine does not require a nutritional facts label on it. And so unfortunately, some producers, especially large brands that you do find in um, like big box retailers and grocery stores, they do add things to the wine because they are making it in such large quantities that unfortunately they have to kind of turn those dials and make it taste a certain way. So that way it's consistent from year after year and, and one batch tastes like the other one, etc. So my thought with clean wine is go to a, if you're looking for a wine that doesn't have additives, is farmed organically and is going to you know make you feel good after you have a couple of glasses and not like give you a terrible headache go to a local wine store support the small businesses in your area and check in and ask them hey i'm looking for a um, organic wine i'm looking for a wine that doesn't have additives and they'll guide you to the right 
bottlings there. It's a little bit harder if you're going to a big box retail and you're like, I'm looking for a clean wine um, because most of those wines carry, not all of them, but many of them are are made to scale. And so, as I mentioned before, that's that's where those additives kind of come in to play more often than not. What is the truth about sugar in wine? Great question. So in wine, you have grapes and you want them to be sweet before they go to fermentation because the sugar converts to alcohol. And most wine, you want to like fully ferment it dry. So that means that all of the sugar that is in the grapes themselves or fructose gets fermented out because if you don't, then it could re-ferment in the bottle. And you only want that if you want to drink bubbly wine. You don't want it to re-ferment if you're trying to drink a still red wine. So the most wines are, there's no sugar. But as I mentioned, when we talked about the clean wine just previously, those additives, sometimes producers do add sugar, like real sugar or even beet sugar back into the wine after fermentation because they're looking for a specific flavor profile. And if after the fermentation, that flavor profile is not exactly what they're looking for. It's just like when you make a recipe, like some people add sugar to their their marinara or their tomato sauce. Some people add honey. Some people don't add any. That's like the whole thought process there is you maybe want to add a little bit afterwards because you're looking for a specific jammy kind of note in the wine, if you will. So interesting. So I'm in Chicago, you're in California, you're in Sonoma, and Mm -hmm. there's a trend here and it's starting and I think it's been very prevalent where you are, especially where you work at Little Saint, Hedlsberg, Hedlsberg? Yes. And that is non-alcoholic beverages. Let's talk about this in regards to health, taste, and why is this becoming so popular? Totally. I think more people are choosing not to drink at all than ever before. I think a portion of it comes down to those like aura rings where people are tracking their sleep more and they're seeing how alcohol and sugar is affecting their body. I should go back when talking about that sugar piece in wine. Your body is breaking down that alcohol and oftentimes it does spike your blood sugar because it is um, breaking that alcohol down. And as it was broken down, it previously was sugar. And so that's where that, that comes from, from my own understanding, but people are now choosing to not drink at all, but still love the taste. And so we're seeing producers that are de-alkalizing wine completely. So they're, they're, they're making a classic wine and then they are de-alkalizing it. So they're essentially vapor distilling the alcohol out of it while still maintaining some of those really beautiful aromatics that you'd find. And one of my favorite producers for that is Lights. They're out of um, the Rheinhessen in Germany, and they have this Zero bottling of Riesling that is de-alkalized wine. Really, really high quality, great with a nice little chill, sparkling and a still option we both carry here at Little Saint. But then there's other producers that are kind of making their own beverage from whether it's unfermented tart grape juice or other juices like gooseberry juice and adding like tea and other aromatic compounds to then make, kind of replace that same um, flavor profile that you'd find in a wine without having any sort of fermentation. 
within it. So those have also been really big on the scene. And, and like, there's all these talks about adaptogens and Kiki, I know, I feel like you're going to go into the, the lion's main conversation. We were talking a little bit. There are like these kind of bitter herbs that you would see in like a digestif um, or an Amaro, like um, gentian and rhubarb and other kind of bitter notes that, that are now making kind of these bitter non-alcoholic beverages, whether it's like a sparkling, bony Negroni, those I'm seeing more, um, especially in the like dinner time to replace your wine experience versus like your CBD and lion's mane. Those I'm kind of seeing more in like our mushroom latte that we sell here at Little Saint or in our sparkling water that has those infused and those you kind of see more in the daytime, if you will. This is so cool. Tell us a little bit about, you're sparking my interest about Little Saint. And I'd like to know, give us a vibe on what this place is all about. It's in California. Tell us where it's at and the whole like ethos of this place. Totally. So Little Saint is based here in Hillsburg, California, which is uh, in Sonoma County. It's where like Russian River Valley, if you're familiar, Dry Creek Valley is. Those are really our two neighboring like main AVAs of the area. And Little Saint was founded by Lori and Jeff Ubbin and Jenny Hess back in 2022. We um, opened last year in April and it's a 10,000 square foot community gathering place. So downstairs, we've got a incredible casual lounge with these beautiful found vintage pieces. The, the space was designed by Ken Folk. So the, the entire space is absolutely stunning. And Within it, you'll find a coffee shop. So there's like these little nooks. So based off of what vibe you're looking for, you can kind of find the nook that suits you. There's a nice big wraparound bar in the back of the space. Our cocktail program is absolutely incredible. And Matt Siegel, who runs that, really does focus, again, on that like health and wellness, as well as small production spirits within that program. And then the wine lounge has this big, beautiful chandelier and this large circular table. And it's intended to be a place to share great wine, share great memories and come as you are. The second floor of Little Saint is a concert venue. So we host a live concert once a week, but then it also turns into a um, dining room. And this is more of a formal dining room prefix menu. But again, we want our guests to come as they are. It's all fully plant-based, the entire property. And so that, that again, addition of, of health and wellness and also environmental um, and animal, animal consideration is there. I did read that you have been to Australia. And I don't know a lot about Australian wine. Sure. Yes. Well, I was the same way you were. I was like, I only knew... Yellowtail and Penfolds. And I was like, I need to learn about Australian wine because I started tasting these incredible Chardonnays and Cabernet Sauvignons and sparkling wines. And I was like, what's going on in Australia? And so I was mid-20s. I needed to really just grow as a human. And so I quit my really beautiful, <laughs> cushy corporate wine director role. And I moved to Australia to learn more about it. So with that being said... There is such an incredible bounty of wine being grown in Australia. There's Nebbiolo, there's Sangiovese, there's what they're known for is a lot of Shiraz or Syrah and Semillon, but there's some incredible expressions of that. And there's just like, I truly think that if you were in Australia, 
and you were, you know, had a hinkering for an Italian wine, you could find an Italian grape grown in Australia to satisfy that same that same craving. This has been so much fun and you've been such a special guest. I ask all my special guests, but before I ask my special guest, because I just remembered, I need for you to give a plug to where you work at Little Saint in California. Sure. This is Alex Sarovich. I'm executive wine director at Little Saint in Healdsburg. Come on out, come visit us. Myself, Laurel, our head sommelier, our team of incredible chefs, Brian Oliver and Stu Stalker are making such incredible food from our farm that we grow our vegetables ourselves just a couple miles down the street. So come on out. We'd love to share a glass of wine and some great food with you very soon. Oh, is that pleasant and lovely? So Alex, as a special guest, and you are one, here's the question for you. And you answer, Alex, in my life, I've learned that. In my life, I've learned that love is always the answer. Amen, sister. Okay, yes, we raise our glass, and in Greek, we say yamas to our health. Amazing, yamas to our health. Stay right there. Up next, your weekly takeaway to keep it all as well, Ola Kala. This Ola Kala moment brought to you by the law offices of Liston and Centillus, ranked number one by the Leading Lawyers Network since 2010, taking care of all your real estate needs. Let's face facts. When you eat something fresh, the taste surpasses something not fresh, transported, or shelved. Next time you're on vacation or in the area of a farm-to-table restaurant, consider it for your dining experience. In its purest, most honest form, farm-to-table means the table is actually at the farm, and cooks or chefs prepare and serve the food at the farm. This healthy relationship allows farmers to benefit by being able to reap more of the profit of their goods And restaurants are motivated by the quality and freshness of the food they get and serve to their patrons. Want to be Olekala all as well? When you eat, eat fresh. Kiki Vale is the founder of Kefi Life. She is passionate about whole person wellness and living a fulfilled life. Her Kefi Life podcast is created to simply and naturally help you harmonize the mind, body, and soul the Greek way. Visit kefilife.com. And check out Kiki Vale on LinkedIn and on Twitter. Join us again next time for more positive energy and inspiration on Kefi Life.